Please listen carefully. And now, live from a commandeered radio tower in Nunya Business, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys stuck in the back half of a two-person horse costume, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, it's our favorite thing to do every month. Hooray! It's Nerd Alerts for September. Yes. Yes. Nerd Alerts, where we go through the current headlines in pop culture, be they movies, TV, video games, animation, board games, D&D. If it's nerdy, we talk about it. And the news moves fast, so we get to do this every month. It does. It moves super fast. And it's a chance for Kevin to take a break from talking and thinking. And I I present him with stuff and get his hot takes. Yeah, and then I talk and think. (laughs) But on the fly. Yeah. Well, we did prepare a little bit for how I'm going to start this off, but I think everybody prepared for this because there was Mm -hmm. two new trailers for September that are, are, are blowing up the internet. And the first one is Matrix 4, except it's called Matrix Resurrection. Matrix Resurrection, we're put hitting the nose right on the head. <laughs> He's supposed to be Space Jesus, and they're yeah. literally making him that. He is the one, and the one is metaphor for Jesus. You could probably argue it. I suppose, I guess. Write a five-page paper on it, at least. So, I don't know about you, but when I watched this trailer, I was like... What happened in the last one? Because <laughs> it was a long time ago. Matrix Revolutions, man. 2003. And man, that movie was banned. Yep. Banned. Did you think it was bad? Uh, I don't think. Uh, I'm of the opinion of that whatever section of nerd believes that the first one is great. Yeah. I love the first one. It's a groundbreaking movie. The second and third didn't really live up to it, and they're kind mm-hmm. of unnecessary. Are they a bad time? No. Mm, yeah. Are they watchable? Sure. Yeah. Do they make a complete Matrix trilogy? I think I would have preferred a one-off. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. now that we're getting four, it's like, I have so many questions, I have thoughts. Yeah. But what about you? You've seen the second and third, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I've seen the second one twice only. Like, once in the theater and then once some other time. Yep. And the third one, I think I only saw the one time. Because me, like a lot of people, were like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of the trilogy. <laughs> We're done, you know, and didn't the, what's the Wachowskis, right? Yes. Didn't they, they're like, we're never doing any of those again. I believe they said at one point that they were one and done. And yeah. they went on to TV and did like that Sense8 thing and yeah. were, were off on a new lane. Yeah, but I guess, well. Yep. I think it's John Wick and Keanu Reeves. It's um, the moment, like I brought, I mean, he's yeah. he's cool enough to bring Bill and Ted back. He's cool <laughs> enough to uh, keep John Wick going, which... Bring, give me all those. And he's cool enough to bring the Matrix back to life. Yeah, to me, the trailer didn't look bad. Nope. Trailers usually don't look bad. But those trailer editors, I know it's a special skill. There are special guys who only do trailers. That's it, yep. And they're good at it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'll watch it for sure, but I, I had to go back and look what happened because I don't remember because I was like, I thought it was like he was dead done, and it was he was dead done. Yep. And in the trailer, it seemed to be like, he was back in the Matrix and like, not really sure what was going on. It's weird. But like, was kind of sure. What, it was very strange. There's really no context clues in the trailer to pick up where they're going in the story because it's, we're with Keanu. We wake up and he doesn't recognize Trinity. 
he looks like he's hanging out in the Matrix world, like there should be a woman in a red dress that walks by, and he's like, wait, it's the Matrix. But yeah. then his therapist, Doogie Hauser. Yeah, Hi, yeah. good to see Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's another therapist. Somebody else is talking to him. He's like, well, it's time to go back to the Matrix. What? It's that easy now? Yeah. I, uh, cause, he's taking pills? Because the last one ended off with you had the robot world, and yep. then the humans were over here, and then the... Uh, what was what's this? Mr. Smith is it Mr. Smith? Is that right? A- Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Yes. The Agent Smith was trying to destroy both worlds, the real world and the Matrix world. So that was the whole crux of like Neo was like convinced the machines yep. that only he could save both worlds. So if you want to live, machines, then leave the humans alone and I'll help you live. Yep. And he died in the process. Yeah, because the machine shot electricity through his body to yes. kill the, the Matrix bad guys. Yeah, exactly. So supposedly then you could either stay in the Matrix if you wanted to, mm-hmm. or you could go out into the real world. Yep. And that was your choice and the end. Yeah, exactly. So now we're like, he's alive and he's back in the Matrix. I don't know. It's, it's I guess we're going to have to see how they do it. But man, it seems like you're going to have to do some willing suspension of disbelief to get to any of the stuff I saw in that trailer. Uh, yeah, but and it's also, there's scenes in the trailer where you could argue, and I kind of think this may be where they're going. You said it up top that Resurrection is kind of on the nose, and I think they're going to keep going on that. Like, he's the prophet that wakes up with amnesia, the hero that wakes up with amnesia, and then has to figure out, why is the world that he has woken up in wrong again? Like, who mm. am I? How do I fix it? Yeah. And it's another, like, it's not really origin story, but I think the cycle... We'll repeat. Hmm. We'll have to see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, 2022 for Matrix Resurrections. Totally going to watch it, though. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it while we were talking about Dark City. Go Spe- back. Speaking of Doogie Hauser tangent, did you see there's like a Doogie Hauser show again? What? Yeah. I, well, actually, I think we did mention that on a way past Nerd Alerts, like that when they announced it, because it's like a, so, a little girl now, right? So, yeah, it's a little a girl, girl doctor. in Hawaii or something like that. Okay. Sure. I like that premise, but. Here's the difference. Remember I was complaining about Wonder Years, which Wonder Years and then Doogie Howser played after each other back in the day when I was a kid. Yep. I complained about they were bringing the Wonder Years back, but it was all like it's set in the 80s this time, and they're just calling it the Wonder Years again, and I don't know why they don't just make a different show. Mm-hmm. This show, literally in the trailer, I saw the trailer for it because I'd be like, what's going on with this? <laughs> in the trailer, someone said, why do you call her Doogie? And it's like, because she's like, Doogie Howser, remember that show? Oh. So I was like, Ah, well, so this isn't... But that's it's a really meta way of passing on the mantle. I know. Air quotes. I, I don't know why I kind of like that, I, I'm I, I'm with it. You I'm know? on board, yeah. There's something... I don't know why that's better. Why is that better to me than them going like, let's do the Wonder Years again, but instead of 80s to 60s, we're going to do now to 80s it's, and... It's acknowledging it and, I guess, paying it respect, but realizing, hey, this isn't, this isn't Doogie Howser that yeah. you know and love. I guess that's it. I'd probably. That'd be yeah. my guess. It's a clever way of doing it, though. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, nerd alerts. Keep an eye out for the new Doogie Hauser. Yeah. I will. But also, in trailer news, the last one that was uh, hot this month is Hawkeye. Oh, yes. Disney Plus. Jeremy Renner is back as our favorite everyman archer. Oh, my gosh. It looks so good. <laughs> You're just saying that because of Haley Steinfeld, aren't you? Well, no, not just that. <laughs> I mean, that kind of the remember we didn't know which Hawkeye they were going to go with because I think the comics have two different ways. The comics have the Kate Bishop one and then his daughter one. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we didn't know. I remember we speculated it on the podcast, and then I think it did come out that it was going to be the Kate Bishop 
track. Yes. Which is fine. I kind of like, I, I would have liked to have been his daughter better because that seems more fun to me. Yeah. Than just some rando. Yeah. And then like, the, like the daughter thing sets up the young Avengers and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's not completely eliminated, but they'd have a weird time trying to make it both happen now. Yeah. But no, it, it looked great. It had that Marvel in it. That, oh, yeah. That, the stuff we love about Marvel. This just kind of action comedy. You know what a lot that they're pulling from? I realize, especially in this one, because Hawkeye doesn't have superpowers. Yep. He just has his arrows. They pull a lot from those 80s action movies that we loved, like Lethal Weapon yes. and even Beverly Hills Cop, even though that was supposed to be a comedy. It had so much action. In exactly. It. Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard. That's like the the DNA of the Marvel things that I think is what makes them great and sets them apart because it has that, you have to have that funny in there or else mm-hmm. it gets draggy with just, if it's just... Yeah, things going wrong and fighting yeah, all the time. It's just, ah, you know, you have to have that little smarm in there. I'm with you. This does look like 80s action movie. It, yeah. it, I mean, Clint Barton is... The everyman. Yeah. He's the guy who has to make sure he never misses because he's the only like regular schmo among them. And it's the Christmas related like <laughs> Die Hard. Oh, it's good. They're doing this on purpose. They it's are good. doing this on purpose. You know they are. Come on. Well, it does release around Christmas, so it will be seasonally appropriate when yes. you watch it. I think it starts on Thanksgiving. We get six episodes. This will, this will be a new movie in the Christmas rotation, maybe. Oh, I hope he says the line, come out to the coast, we'll have a few laughs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're they're following. It looks like they're pulling a whole bunch of notes from the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye comic books, which is like you were saying. Kate Bishop is apparently a huge Hawkeye fan and has trained to be the next Hawkeye, and goes to find him and says, "Hey, make me the next Hawkeye." And he's like, "I'm Hawkeye. <laughs> I, uh, d- I don't have the Avengers anymore because we're post blip." But he's like, "I'm still, you know, I still got my city to protect." Do you see that little shot of, like, there's an Avengers stage show? Yeah. That looks... <laughs> Which I believe is a reference to the comic book, so I think that was to let people know, like, hey, this is the world we're in. That looks it looks great. Now, am, am I wrong? Did Haley Steinfeld have different color eyes than she actually has? Oh, I wasn't paying that close attention. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't put it past. I think Kate Bishop has a specific look from the comic book, yeah, so they're maybe. probably uh, honoring that. Yeah, Maybe. I wonder if the, I wonder nowadays if they just CGI people's eyes instead of making them wear uncomfortable contacts. Yeah, it's probably neat. Like that's probably done in co- in the color stages. Yeah, it seems like, like it'd be easy to do nowadays. Yeah, quick mat. Yeah, <laughs> quick mask out. Yeah, interesting. Next time we talk to somebody that does uh, CGI or computer visual effects for a movie, we'll be like, "Do you ever have to change people's eye colors?" Yeah, well, I mean, I'll I'll have to look and we'll get back to it. Not that I know what color Haley Steinfeld eyes are all the time. I just I remember she. So there was something different because I really know her more from the uh, the Pitch Perfect. Yes, and I remember seeing Pitch Perfect. And I remember seeing, and I was like, wait, I thought Haley Steinfeld was. And I was like, is that Haley Steinfeld? There was something different about her, and that seemed like it might have been her eyes. But I could totally be wrong. Maybe in real life she's gone like actual Hollywood and had laser corrective iris changing <laughs> technology done. I have no idea. Anyway, we'll have to go back and watch it. And that means you have to go check it out. Go tell us, are Haley Steinfeld eyes different colors in the Hawkeye trailer, which looks awesome. Yes. Like I said, coming to Disney Plus Thanksgiving, November 24th, and going all the way to Christmas. I'm glad we're getting something this year. And then speaking of reboots, we mentioned it with uh, Wonder Years. I had to bring this up because I'm kind of real grumpy about it. But they are rebooting Flight of the Navigator. Oh, no. 
helicopter. <laughs> so are you familiar with Flight of the Navigator? Yes, I love that movie. Okay, good. When they had it at Alamo Draft House, I took my kids to go see it so they could see it on the big screen. When oh, nice. Little, when they were younger. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how many years ago. It was a few years ago. But, I mean, still holds up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, still delightful. Even having Pee Wee Herman as the voice of the, <laughs> of the ship. Yeah, man. But yeah, this is a movie from 1986. Yes. Uh, it was a, like... Disney childhood yes. non-animated yes. movie that they were cranking out, I think, on a monthly Early basis. Early CGI, too. Yeah. That silver ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, like, I think that preceded T-1000 yeah. from Terminator, yeah. and they used the CGI they were on the ship to inform the, yeah. the Terminator. Yeah. The cool part about this is it's being rebooted by Bryce Dallas Howard, director oh. from The Mandalorian, oh. and star of many own vehicles herself. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. She had to have been a kid when it was out, right? Yes. Mm. Growing up around the people that probably made, made it. Made it, yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, was Steve, was, I can't even think if Navigator was a Spielberg. It seems like a Spielberg, but... I, I don't know, but mm, now I'm a little like, okay, and maybe it's going to be okay then. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is going to be okay. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. I really like how she's taken on her dad's mantle of like, I'm going to direct stuff. Yeah. I'm just not some pretty girl who is in like romantic comedies. I'm going to direct stuff. That's it. I like it. And learning from the best. I mean, Ron Howard, take him or leave him. I mean, he directed a lot of movies that a lot of people know. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's hard to hard to please all the people all the time. Yeah. Yeah, The thing about Ron Howard that I think that he's he's kind of a, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way. But he's kind of a bus driver of a director. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, he'll get your movie directed. I'm with you. He'll get it done. Mm-hmm. It'll have everything a movie's supposed to have. Yep. And it'll make the money it's supposed to make. Yep. He's but, not going to drive over the speed limit. But yeah, but he's not like, I don't think he's innovating ever. No. Yeah. No. And I, that's fine. Hey. I, I can't hate the guy. I've He delighted me so much between Opie and Richie Cunningham. Yes. And s- s- many of his movies. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, and his whole, Arrested his whole development. Arrested Development. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Was he the best part of it, uh, of that show? Maybe. Turns out he was. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, okay. Well, now maybe, okay, I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> Knowing it's her makes me want to give it a shot, but this was one of the few things I read, and I was like, I'm against this on principle. Yeah, You're changing true. my childhood. It's true. I know, like, I mean, Star Wars for you would obviously uh, invoke that reaction, but can you think of a movie you watched a bunch as a kid that if they brought it back, you'd be like, no! Golly. It's perfect as haven't, it is. Haven't they done that with everything already? Yeah, it's it's hard to find um, one that hasn't been like done. Like Never Ending Story, maybe? I, and I think that's actually like somewhere in the works. I know, of course it is. <laughs> I'm with you though. That's like all I, they do. They they there's and I know I know that there's brilliant people out there with creative ideas and creative scripts and they can't get crap done. Yeah. You might find them on YouTube and they just get shuttled like, oh, they're on YouTube. Oh man. It's annoying. <laughs> But uh, yeah, never-ending story. That's a good pick. But don't reboot it. Find somebody that has a, a creative idea. Yes. Find somebody that did a similar Flight of the Nav- Navigator, like fanfic, but it's a continuation or an offshoot. Something. Uh, <sighs> but speaking of directors, we were talking about Ron Howard. Another huge name in the business is Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. For those of you that aren't familiar, uh, how's your rock doing that you're under? But... <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the director of the Dark Knight trilogy. You could stop there. But he's also the director of Memento, Inception, Tenant, 
and Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, his latest movie is he wants to do a biopic about J. Robert Oppenheimer. The, the nuclear bomb scientist? Yep, the guy that developed the bomb during World War II. Wow. So... I am death, destroyer of worlds. I am become death. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I've become death, destroyer of worlds. Because he knew what he made. Yes. Oh, and that sounds like a heavy, like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to be about one dude, so it's going to be a small story, but you're talking about a guy that had an effect, like, worldwide. And after seeing Dunkirk, did you see Dunkirk? Yes. Because of that movie, I'm super excited for this. More so than if it was just, like, Inception or Batman. Why did some people not like Dunkirk? Um, it was a very specific framework for a movie. The three storylines. Is it because the three storylines were all wibbly wobbly? And I mean, it, it's a, it told a war story on a personal level. Most people don't like that. Mm. Most people like big set piece war story. I this loved is like, it. There was so little dialogue in it too. It was great. Oh, I mean, just, I mean, it, the, it gave you the tension of what was going on mm-hmm. and everyone was so good in it. Oh man. For relatively low action scenes. I mean, yes. it is a war movie, but like you were tense when a plane was flying. Yes. Like that kind of, you're in the war. Like, yeah. I hear that sound. Yeah. You know? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen, even like I've said, Inception and those kind of wibbly wobbly movies, I usually, they kind of break my brain sometimes, but I don't know. Like, Moment, I love Memento. Yes. That movie was great. Yes. And I don't know. Sometimes I like to be confused if it's done in the right way. Like with Dark City. There you go. And Memento is one of his first movies. Yeah. I mean. But the reason I bring Christopher Nolan up is because he's kind of throwing his uh, big director money around. Really? Or at least looking for the money to throw it around as a big name director. Oh. He apparently shopped among all the studios, including Warner Brothers, who he was home with, who he's no longer home with. So spoiler alert on that. But he had talks between... Universal, Sony, Paramount, and Apple. So huge names. Mm. Because he said, for my next movie... (laughs) For my next trick. Yeah, for my next trick, I want these stipulations all met. He wants total creative control, at Mm. least a 100-day theatrical window, a $100 million budget, equal budget on the marketing, Mm. 20% of the first dollar gross, and a blackout period where the studio putting it out would not release another movie for three weeks before or after his movie. Wow. Uh, those were all met, by the way. Who? Uh, Universal. Wow. Universal's got enough money to be like, come play with us. Yeah. Wow. But That's kind of awesome. So you're on board with it. Why not? Yeah. If you can. And I think Christopher Nolan is now one of those names that he can. If you can, why not? Yeah. It's just interesting. I think he's being aggressive about this because he's also recently gone on record as being like against the whole HBO Max streaming series against... Uh, movies coming out in theaters the same day they come out on demand or on Mm -hmm. streaming. Mm -hmm. Like that whole concept is like utterly gross and bad to him. So Mm -hmm. he's like, no, you you support me as a director with these demands and I'll show you what makes a Hollywood movie. Mm. A spectacle. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that goes down to if, if you can get someone to pay for it and they do, you've obviously earned it. Yes. So... Are you okay with streaming and theater happening at the same time? Or do you think there's still something gained by seeing a movie in a theater versus watching it at home? Man, where, where I mean, they, they really, because of the pandemic, they really like threw all in to, hey, you can watch it at home. Yeah. Don't come out because it's dangerous out here. But you can't, I mean, when we were quarantined and stuff, you, you try as big, it doesn't matter how big your screen is. It doesn't matter how much microwave popcorn you pop. Yep. It's not the same experience True. as the movies. 
Now, I will say a lot of the regular movie theaters stink. Yes. But there are places out there like the Alamo Draft House. Love it. Like the Look Cinemas. There's these places that they're usually the the dine in whatever places. And they, yeah, they usually cost more. And are they premium? Yeah. Is it a privilege thing? Maybe. But I mean, when you're in a theater where they like monitor it and they don't let people like look at their phones and talk, that's what ruined theaters isn't television. Yes. And isn't streaming. What ruined theaters is smartphones in the theater. I believe it. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Because same way they ruined concerts, but continue. Well, no, yeah. I mean, you just you used to have to pay attention to the movie unless you were like making out or whatever, and that's pretty <laughs> quiet. So you, that never bothered me at all. Yeah. But now it's just like if you're not in a theater that doesn't have one of those no phones on policy, mm-hmm. they're on all over. And then the thing is, and then they do the thing now. People do this thing now. Well, they'll bring their kids to a movie they're not supposed to see and just give them a freaking tablet and say, watch that while we watch this movie and face the other direction. Then it's like you're watching a movie on an airplane. Yeah. There's so many movies going on. I know. It's ridiculous. So, no, I like that coconut oil popcorn, <laughs> you know, sitting there with the overpriced candy. You know, it's always a special treat going to a movie theater. I eat candy that I don't allow myself to eat outside of the theater. Okay, then quick tangent. Pause. Uh, what's your go-to movie theater candy? Twizzlers. Twizzlers. Yes. Okay. Wow. That that was immediate. So that's a <laughs> lifelong bond with Twizzlers at yes. the movie. Okay. Twizzlers. I like it. And you sometimes use it as the straw for your soda. That's the that's the smart move. That's the life hack right there. Yeah. So yes, I prefer the theater. I get where Christopher Nolan's coming from. I get where a lot of these actors and directors and producers i get where they're coming from yeah yeah it's it's an experience that i mean the just the sound quality too this one you're like your chest shakes because the the speakers in the theater i mean you can't get that at home unless you spend so much i mean you could go to like one of those premium theaters like i said yeah 50 times and you still wouldn't make as you know it still would cost you more to set up your house yeah like for the same experience. True. So, yeah, I mean, to me, the TV at home is for seeing a movie you loved later. Uh, absolutely. For you revisiting know? the, the yeah. initial memory. Exactly. And I know people make fun of it now, but like Inception, when it, the whole blomp sound, you know, when that happened in the theater, you were like, you felt it throughout your whole body. Well, yeah, even in like uh, uh, in Star Wars, when Django Fett puts that sonic thing uh, out there. That's right. When that happened, I mean, I've seen it a million times on at home yep. it doesn't have the impact as it did in the theater when <laughs> you know the th- all the music is going then suddenly it's like quiet and then it's like, like <laughs> you know uh sensory delight absolutely yes. i mean it's like do you want to go to an amusement park and go on a roller coaster or do you just want to like make a roller coaster in your backyard <laughs> or something i mean you could i guess yeah. but it's not going to be as good yeah I'm with you. I'm I'm all for the spectacle of the movie theater, especially for movies like Christopher Nolan's movies. And uh, Dennis Villeneuve has gone on record as saying, like, when they make movies, they make them with the IMAX screen in mind. Like, they're making this for the spectacle. Yeah. So go and enjoy it. What I think this may open up in the future, though, is, like, instead of what we used to get as direct-to-video, you know, those types of movies, mm-hmm. I think now we'll get just more, like, spectacle in the theater and then direct to streaming type movies yeah i mean that's my i mean but that's not the death knell that uh direct to video has but it's not and i think smaller things things like the romantic comedies we were talking about and stuff but still i mean 
you got to take your, when you're like a teenager, you got to yeah. take your girlfriend to something yep. that can, is, well, that's what horror movies are for too. I might just be horror movies and action movies in the theater for the future. And if you want to see a good romantic comedy or something, it might be a limited series or something on streaming. There you go. Which is fine, I guess, but. You don't want to go watch a heartfelt drama and cry with strangers in the dark? Oh, yeah, that is kind of, <laughs> it is a very different experience. Yeah, I'll just tease them. But you were right, and this leads to our next point. You were right about like how the simultaneous release of theatrical and streaming was a pandemic sort of thing because Disney now is sort of saying, hey, pandemic's kind of over maybe kind of at some point, and we're no longer going to put stuff on streaming, and all of our movies are coming out in the theater for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. So the rest of their slate, which uh, includes only a couple movies, but The Last Duel with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, Rounds Gone Wrong, The Eternals. We talked about that a couple episodes back. They're do- redoing West Side Story. And then The Kingsman, which is the new, the prequel in the series for The Kingsman. West Side Story, huh? Yep. See, and that's the thing. I like West Side Story, but that was a movie of a play. So you can do it as many times as you want. And that's why all those old <laughs> black and white movies hold up, because they're based on plays. Yeah. yeah. Plays are excellent source material. Yes. I don't know why that's fine to me, but hey. It's somebody working out the, the kinks. So. I think because plays are made to be done by actors all over the world. Yes. Plays are made for that purpose. Yeah, to travel. And Movies to... are like specifically like cast and created with a certain people in mind. And yeah, that's like, true. And they're crafted differently. Yeah. If they started doing movies like, here's a movie script, and they gave it to like a whole bunch of different directors, and they're like, make it. Depending on how far you take that experiment, I might be on board. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't really do that as much as you could do with a play. Yeah. Now you can have a play revival where you have a big star that's leading the new production of it. Yeah. Can't really do that with a movie. It's like, hey, we're doing a reboot. And everybody's like, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's different. It's different because the original one, I think, was cast specifically with that cast. Yes. Whereas a play, they very rarely have anyone in mind. They just are writing a play. These are the characters. It's a book that is made for stage. That's true. I wonder if there's a playwright who does like specific actors in mind, though, like a movie director would. There's got to be one. Maybe, but I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. But also, if you ask me to name five playwrights right now, I'd maybe get like two and a half. William Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> a modern playwright. <laughs> He's still alive. No, we're not getting into that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I could probably give you some, but they're probably all dead. Yeah. Tennessee Williams. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yep, Tennessee Williams and William Shakespeare. Those, if it doesn't have William in there, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> William Longfellow, good fellow, mm-hmm. one of those. <laughs> pop culture podcast, everyone. There you Sorry, go. theater isn't pop culture. That's something we need to work on. Yeah. We found a weak spot. We did. We have a hole in theater. Yeah, we'll pivot to theater. We'll have a branch now. Uh, but the reason I bring up the Disney thing also is I think this proves me right, and I predicted this a couple months ago, but I think this proves that the Mulan Black Widow pay $30 for your family to watch it at home was a failure. 100%. I mean, people are paying for all these streaming services already. I think Disney Plus is what, like 15 bucks a month on its own? Yeah. So it's like, want me to pay double just to watch this one thing? Yeah. But when there's all this other stuff on here? And then the common argument is, but it's cheaper than movie tickets for a family of five. But you're not getting the spectacle, like we're saying. But also, too, the problem was is that you'll be able to watch it for free and like 
a month and a half. Have patience, yes. And, and I guess what? I think people have patience. I think people learned a lot of patience over the pandemic is the problem. And especially if they play video games like you do, where you, you know, wait, wait a couple months for the bugs to work out and the price to go yeah. down, and bingo, Bob's your uncle. I mean, have we learned that's what has come out of this pandemic? People have learned patience? I guess. Or I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, so they can wait while they watch other stuff and then get back to it. Yeah, we totally waited for Mulan to become free. Yep. We waited so long we forgot it became free. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, because we have all the other services and there's all the other stuff on there. True. There's too much to watch anyway. That's it. So it's so easy to just be like, eh, we'll just watch this instead. Yep. Look, Flight of the Navigator's on here. <laughs> no! I mean, if it's the old one, yes. I think the old one is on Disney+. Oh, Plus. then I'll have to go check that out. Usually, like, when things are buzzing and the things you have to watch immediately is what people was all talking about. It's like, hey, have you watched the latest episode or did you see this? <laughs> I didn't hear any of that conversation. Because everyone was stuck at home and no one was seeing anybody. That's it. But I, I, I didn't hear any of that talk for Mulan and only a little bit about Black Widow. So but that's I'm, what I'm going on. I know, but also I'm telling you, part of the point of that is that you'd go to work or school or whatever and people would spoil it for you <laughs> and you're you never left your house so there's no one there's no one to spoil anything for you that's true <laughs> so you felt no need to go see it i believe it it's a crazy world but hey that means i guess everybody's planning for theaters to open back up and for movies to still be a thing so that makes me happy and i'm looking forward to going back to the movie theater i am too but since we are stuck with the boob tube at home for a little bit i do have some television highlights are you a fan of the series Wheel of Time by the novelist Robert Jordan? No. Okay. But I have read some of it. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a leading question to let people know that the Wheel of Time trailer is out and it's coming to Amazon Prime, the TV show based on these books. I did. I saw, I saw that trailer and I was like, oh, the first successful we've scoured for something like Game of Thrones I'm not saying it's going to be successful. I'm saying it's the first thing that's getting put out. Yes. That it's like, what What else is out there that's like Game of Thrones? Yes. Oh, Wheel of Time is kind of like Game of Thrones, but there's so many books of that. It's and 14 books. It's 14 books. And our buddy, the Costa Rican derelict, <laughs> we'll just call him that. <laughs> you have to know us to know. Hit us up on social media. Follow <laughs> us and you'll, you'll know things. Anyway, he loved those books. And and in our group, our ga- he's one of our gaming group. In our gaming group, you know, you share books. And he's like, here's these books. And I started at the beginning, I think. And I just couldn't, it, I don't know if it was the writing or what, but I couldn't slog through them. <laughs> I don't really, all I, I don't really remember anything about them other than it was fantasy and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't like it. I get it. But I have that weird thing with fantasy books that I have with fantasy games, video games. Yes. That have played so much Dungeons and Dragons and had so many good dungeon masters with so many cool campaigns. Yes. That most things pale in comparison to what I've done with my friends. And start coming across like a module that you're not playing. Right. So, yeah. And the only things that I ever liked were the Dritz Duarden books. Mm -hmm. But I think those are kind of well known for being really good. Yeah. So, are you talking about the Dritz book or the Wheel of Time? The Dritz book. Okay, I know the Wheel of Time is revered. I, people love the, those books. Oh, and Forgotten Realms as well. Yeah, yeah. for Dritz. I'm um, just saying what I the kind of fantasy book that I was able to sink my teeth into were those ones. <laughs> Maybe they're simpler. I got you. Because the Wheel of Time books, I 
think I remember kind of they're, they're they're your typical like when people think of a fantasy book, it's like this is five hundred page volumes and there's fourteen yes. books of it. You to- know? Tolkien adjacent too. Yeah. As far as the writing. Yeah, somebody trying to take what Tolkien did and then say, Oh, I can do my own spin on it. Yeah. But it's still basic like D and D party goes on an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got its own world building and twist, like Aes Sedai and Magic, but it is classic fantasy because it's pretty standard fair fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made you watch the trailer though. What'd you think of the trailer? Any- it looks good. I mean, I mean, it's something that I would definitely watch. I think it's actually an advantage that I didn't like the books or get through them because I won't just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I never read the Game of Thrones books again because fantasy. I don't. Know. <laughs> I just I read sci-fi. I'm a sci-fi kid. Absolutely. And so I went into Game of Thrones raw, raw, I'm naked, raw. I don't know. <laughs> Unknown? Um, uh, uh, I know what word you're looking novice? for. Novice? Uh, blind. Blind, yes. Thank <laughs> you. Keep that all in. I, I went to Game of Thrones blind. Naked. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it was all the more enjoyable because I would hear people say like, oh, they didn't Yeah, blah. yeah. They didn't bliss. This you is know? different. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, it is? Okay. This seems pretty awesome. So I think that it might be a similar thing. If it's awesome, I don't know. It looked fine. I'm with you. As a non-book reader, it does seem interesting to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know why I can watch fantasy shows. I'm fine with that. Maybe the, I mean, it's a cool cool visual medium. I mean, it's like going to a Ren Faire at that point. And it's like, look at the armor and weapons and you can actually see it. Yeah, Yeah, see? That's what it is. It's like live action as opposed to just reading the module. Yeah. As much like our, our Costa Rican derelict friend, I'm a fan of the books. I've read them all, uh, I think, twice all the way through. Wow. Once audiobook, once regular book, because I'm a nerd. But So I'm a fan of the series. Uh-oh. That mean, that might make you, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I have my uh, trepidations, hesitations, uh-huh. and we keep saying Game of Thrones, and I'm all for it. And that's absolutely why this exists, is because Game of Thrones did so well. Yep. My fear is that, especially with The Witcher, Witcher is great, but Witcher and Game of Thrones are tonally way more similar than they are dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Wheel of Time, for sake of argument here, is that it's more like Lord of the Rings. Yep. It's boring. It's, yep. it's action-packed, but it's farm boy troubles rather than mm-hmm. like you know fighting the demons of hell mm-hmm. or pushing kids off of towers yeah, and yeah. little you know mutant uh-huh. Game of Thrones. And all lots that. of hanky-panky. And I think they're going to try and make Wheel of Time fit into the Game of Thrones shoes. Oh, yeah. That's my biggest fear is that they'll do that because that won't work at all. And the trailer kind of hints that it might be that Mm. way. So I'll wait and see. I'll reserve judgment. The other thing is that they keep it faithful to the source material. Hooray! But then nobody likes it because it's not like Game of Thrones. You know, people right. are like, this looks like Game of Thrones and it's not. It's like, no, it's its own thing. Yeah. And then they cancel it and we only get like book one out of 14. Mm-hmm. So those are my hesitations going in. I don't know how they're going to do 14 books in a TV show. Is it going to go for 14 seasons? Ooh. I know it's the opposite problem of Game of Thrones. It's <laughs> like, are you going to ever finish that book? No, these books are finished. And there's a bunch of them. Uh-huh. It took two people to finish it, but those are done. Yeah. If you haven't read Wheel of Time, I recommend it. It, it, it is a hearty uh, investment, but worth your time if you are so inclined and you're more of a fantasy kid rather than a sci-fi kid. Yeah. That, it's nice that we have that dichotomy. Yep. That you're more fantasy book kid. I'm more sci-fi book kid. Well, because I did fantasy as a kid. Like, fantasy was all my childhood reading. And then mm-hmm. I, you know, went through puberty or whatever, and it was like, science, sci-fi, let's <laughs> switch to that now. 
but I can appreciate both. Of course, yeah. Star Wars is fantasy, really. But in space, it's so also sci-fi. Yeah, it's science fantasy. <laughs> it's not science fiction. They have laser swords. That's totally sci-fi. <laughs> uh, but another TV news, Dan Harmon is back in the headlines. Oh. Dan Harmon of community fame. We're huge community mm-hmm. fans here. Also, Rick and Morty, of course, for Adult Swim. Uh, but he has a new cartoon coming out. And I'm on board already just from the voice cast list, which I will give you now. Richard Ayoade. From IT Crowd. Matt Berry. From IT Crowd and what we do in the shadows. The shadows. New York City. (laughs) And also Duncan Trussell. Oh, yes. We know him from the Joe Rogan uh, comedy gang. He's been on all kinds of podcasts. Oh, hey, Joe. (laughs) I don't even know if that was it, but that's the energy. Yeah. Oh, hey, man. Hey, Duncan Trussell here. What's up, man? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Everything's good. (laughs) He's like Ringo, and that's why I love him. He's all about peace and love. But... (laughs) He's going to be a voice in this show, which is apparently about uh, it's Dan Harmon skewering uh, Greek mythology and sort of putting a Greek mythology built Simpsons family into normal modern world. What's it called? It is called Crapopolis. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because I think it takes place in the town or uh, the, the Greek city of Crapopolis. That's great. Yeah, we've got uh, Richard Ayoade from the IT crowd. He's Tyranus, the mortal son of a goddess. He's the benevolent king of Crapopolis, <laughs> trying to make do in a city that lives up to its name. Waddingham, who is from Ted Lasso, shout out to her. I think she just won an Emmy. Oh. She plays his wife and mother to their children. Their children, uh, one of them, this is hilarious, one of their children is a mantitar which is half centaur, which in itself is half horse, half human, and a half manticore, which is lion, human, and scorpion. <laughs> so a mantitar is part human, horse, lion, human, scorpion. <laughs> and then they have a sister, and then Duncan Trussell plays a hippocampus, Tyranus's half-brother, offspring of schlub, and a mermaid, and obviously a hot mess, biologically speaking. Oh, my gosh. So part mermaid, part... Uh, ogre is what it looks like he's essentially like a fish head in a jar with legs it's pretty crazy (laughs) okay this sounds like it might be interesting i might be able to get on board with that more than rick and morty i think rick and morty really seems to me yes it seems to really be like people in their teens and 20s now that's their show yeah i i watch it and i'm like i (laughs) but then my kids are like oh man everyone loves rick and morty and i'm like okay even in that eighth grade movie, that Bo Burnham eighth grade movie, mm-hmm. it had Rick and Morty references in it. That's so. it. It's Adult Swim. I mean, that was it. Like that's yeah. like cool hip teenager cartoons type yeah. stuff. Yeah. As an adult, as an old man child, it's also uh, kind of Back to the Future as told by a drunk guy. If yeah. Christopher Lloyd was an alcoholic, <laughs> and that's sort of my buy-in because I know I love Back to the Future. Yeah. So that's where I tie in. But, but also, this community. Crapopolis sounds great though. It sounds like they'll do the shenanigans that they got up into in community where it's just yeah. like whatever funny thing popped in their head, they wrote right. a show, an episode around. Right. And if they're doing that in animated form, I'll take more of that. I'll watch anything Matt Berry's in too. <laughs> He's one of the highlights of Disenchantment too, the other animated voice he does. And then this is nerdy. Uh, I don't know how interesting it'll be. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But Crapopolis is also one of the first shows. It's Apparently it's going to be on the blockchain, like created and curated Entirely on the blockchain, as in like cryptocurrency blockchain. And parts of the show are going to be sold off as NFTs, all this new nerdy things that are flying around. 
Okay. I don't know why or how. I have like they made it seem like this is a huge thing that the show is doing this first. I see no benefit or is it neatness kinda, about. I guess I guess it's kind of a super modern version of selling the animation cells. Yeah, uh, that make okay. That makes more sense because I mean that used to. I'm sure it's still a huge thing, but used to be a really big thing. Yeah, because I mean, as far as I can tell, NFTs are basically digital unique art, a non fungible token, or basically. other things. But we'll just in art in this this mm-hmm. this case is easier to think of it that way for me as someone who knows about paintings that there's one unique painting. Yes, by an artist and. You can only buy that one painting by the artist, even though there's other paintings. This, to me, seems like there's animation cells. Yeah, that used to be a big thing. If you could get an original animation cell from whatever, there you go. it was worth something. And the more rare it was, the more worth it was. But do you ever know anyone who collected animation cells? I did. Not known personally, but Chris Hardwick from The Nerdist used to talk about mm-hmm. his collection of yeah. like specific animation oh, frames. Yeah. He tried to get the old ones, too. Yeah, like all the... Money. All the Blamco, like Ren and Stimpy stuff, and all yeah. the old Looney Tunes. Yep. Yeah. Some of that stuff's super valuable because they used to race it and reuse stuff, That's especially it. Disney. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I guess, sure, if people want to buy it, it's this is like going back to the Nolan thing. Yep. If someone's going to pay you for it, more power to you. And I mean, I got to respect the nerd in that. Like, that's a way to innovate. And if you're at, you know, like Dan Harmon does for TV, I mean, Christopher Nolan's a little bit on a higher level, but, you know, they're both. Unique creative minds mm-hmm. in a sea of let's just make money and do it again, mm-hmm. you know. So it's cool to see them doing something new. Yeah, this is the type of thing we that's the opposite of what we complain about. This isn't <laughs> a reboot of no offense, Kevin Smith. This isn't a reboot of He Man. Yep, this is literally something insane out of this guy's brain. But I'm curious to see if like collecting the animated GIF of a show in digital form takes off, like getting a, a cell frame from. Old cartoons. We'll I have guess, to see how it maybe, goes. But to me, it's like when everything falls apart and the internet goes down like in Sweet Tooth. What are you, <laughs> good is it going to do you? Yeah? Oh, exactly. Oh, good call on Sweet Tooth. Shout that one out. Yeah. We'll talk about that at some point. Yes. Uh, I think that's it for TV news. Uh, there were little blurbs. Here's your bullet points. Obi-Wan uh, has wrapped on production, so yes. now it's post-production, and we'll maybe get it next year. Awesome. Also, The Boys Season 3, speaking of dark superhero stuff, not really like Hawkeye, but more like Game of Thrones of superhero stuff. <laughs> season 3 is also wrapped, so we'll be getting those that next year as well. Oh, always more TV coming. That's some of the highlights. If you're not watching TV, you're probably like us. You're playing video games. Yes. And PlayStation, or Sony, I should say, uh, just had their PlayStation showcase, essentially their own private E3 showing. Mm-hmm. And there's three big announcements in there, but the first one I saw it and I said, oh, Kevin's going to be so happy. They're bringing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic back. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I kind of was back. You could you can play it on your tablet now. It's true. It, it is an app form. Yeah. How are they? Is it going to be canon? Did they say? Is it? It hasn't been mentioned. Here, hmm. Here's it's the interesting because all that stuff was so awesome and they just they wiped it out. When yeah. They wiped out all the other stuff, too. So, yeah, that, that was one of the debates. You may, I'll put this back on you and you can answer it for me. But essentially, it looked like the argument fell to two sides. One side would be they can make it a faithful recreation and keep the story as is from the original game, which means it's not canon because yeah. apparently that doesn't line up. 
Because if they wanted to make it canon, if I understand this right, they'd have to change the original storyline to actually make it fit into what's going on now or how the world is now. I guess I don't see why it was so long before, but whatever. (laughs) But they are saying this is not just some trend we've seen where they take a game and just give it fresh graphics. That's not what this is. This isn't an HD update. While that was planned by Bioware, the makers of the original, this is actually a new production company, Aspire Media. They're honoring the original and doing a faithful recreation, but doing a, a new thing. Like, hmm. Whether that means new story or new mechanics, they're saying hmm. they're honoring the faithfulness of the original, but bringing it into modern times. Okay. I'm not sure what that means either. That seems like a lot of doublespeak. Yep. Because I downloaded, because it came up on Xbox Game Pass, I downloaded the uh, Destroy All Humans oh, yeah, yeah. game that I used to have years ago. And because it's all, the graphics are updated, but it's the same game. It's the exact same game with updated graphics. It's a blast. Yep. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember this game. And the thing is, too, is that so much time has passed, I can't remember what it used to look like before. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's the exact same game I get to me, you. but I'm sure if I looked at it side by side, I'd be able to tell the difference. But like you said, that's one thing, and I don't see why they would bother doing that when it's, like I said, it's readily available out there now. Because the, the part of the reason to do like that Destroy All Humans thing is, you know, unless you have one of those old consoles, you can't play that anymore. True. But Knights of the Old Republic, like I said, you can still get it. You can play it on your phone. And play it on your tablet. So yeah. it seems like, okay, so why do I need that again just with better graphics? Sure. But if they're going to redo a whole thing, then you might as well redo it, redo it, and make it canon. And, and give it a different re-intro- name? Then reintroduce some of those characters we loved into the new structure like they've been doing with some of the Disney Plus stuff. That's true. Bringing back, I mean, doing it for bringing back characters makes sense, but I don't know. People are scared that they're going to change the RPG mechanic of it, yeah. that type of stuff. Like, how, it had, how, it had how really, changes? It had a really cool mechanic. I don't, man, I'm not like enough of a video game nerd to know what other games that mechanic is like. I got you. That was in there. I don't know what to call I'm sure it has a name, that type of RPG mechanic that it had. Turn-based uh, action, I yeah, think. It's Some, like, something along those lines. It's like turn-based. Yep. Yeah. But it was, it was different, though, because it was like turn-based from a rear three quarters behind view instead of because usually when i think of turn base i think of like side by side or the yeah up up above uh, yeah yeah uh, high three quarter isometric this, was like, this yeah. was like a low three quarter oh okay yeah yeah yeah, game, yeah which was interesting i liked it a lot it was one of, it's one of my favorite video games ever so. so i mean but that's one of the little things like will they keep a third person or will yeah. they like update and be like everything's first person now it's like no i guess uh, i guess i'm kind of like whatever because like i said you can you can find it and play it if you want. There so you go. go crazy. Do what you want. So then now we'll just be uh, hesitantly optimistic and see if they add good things. Yeah. I can dig it. Uh, the other awesome announcement, and this will wrap up our nerd alerts as well, is that at the PlayStation Showcase, Sony also announced from Insomniac Games, they are making Wolverine, the video game. The only thing I don't like about that is that I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> Coming to PlayStation and PC, so... You can you can hook up your Xbox controller to your PC and play it that way. Well, maybe, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a little teaser trailer that was like bar fight teaser trailer. That's it. But it looked really good. Is that what a PlayStation looks like? Yep. Wow. Also, it's Insomniac, which if you go look at their track record, it'd take me too long to list it here. But recently, they did the new Spider-Man game that's winning all these awards and everybody's talking about. 
And that game, I can vouch for it myself. That game is tremendous. Like oh, one go. of the best gaming experience recently. And if they're going to do that with my favorite comic book character ever. Yeah. Ooh, Wait, Wolverine's excited. your favorite comic book character ever? Yep. How did I not know that? Did well, I know that? We've mentioned it. I don't Have think it's come up on that? the podcast, but wow. Yeah. Because I had a subscription of the Wolverine comic book. That was in the nineties and it had that whole arc that was in that in the, when he goes over to Japan that was in one of the movies. I, yeah, I get yeah. I get all the movies mixed up because they made so many of them. I think there's an, uh, the same number of Wolverines as there are Spider Mans. But it's only one guy that it was ever him. But, uh yes. Yeah. For some reason, I, I I want to dispute that claim, but I'll let it stand. It's only ever been Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, yeah, because he was in all of them, and he's been there forever. Yeah. Unless did someone else play him in like the kid one? No, because uh, he's supposed to be the, up in Canada in the kid one. That's true. Yeah, and I'm thinking like '90s cartoon, but that doesn't count because that's voice acting. Yeah, that doesn't count. But yeah. Anyway. Well, then I guess that answers my question. I was going to ask you if they made a, an awesome video game where you could sort of GTA open world, just play as this character, which comic book character do you pick? Oh, I mean, it would probably be Wolverine. Yep. I mean, my number one and two are, and they flip depending on which way the wind's blowing, <laughs> is, is Spider-Man and Wolverine. And yes. they already have that Spider-Man game. And now that you're telling me about that, I might go steal your PlayStation. I'll let you oh, absolutely. Just so you can play through it. <laughs> I will let you borrow my PlayStation. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I remember there was like a really bad Spider-Man game for the well I think it was like Nintendo 64 PS2 era. So yeah, I think there was a PS2 Spider-Man game that was based on one of the movies mm-hmm. and it was so broken, it was a controller thrower. Yep. The new one like even if you don't play the game, if you just web-sling around the city, it's worth the price of admission cuz wow. it's such a fun mechanic. I don't know how they'll translate that to Wolverine, but I did have a mental image of like you put Wolverine out in like the wilderness of Canada and he can essentially do a Spider-Man like through the trees because he is that type of superhero, yeah, you know, yeah. berserk around and then just jump up into the, the piney woods. Man, that's cool. Yeah. He's like the only X-Man that, in my opinion, is able to carry his own thing for Absolutely. some reason. I don't know why, though. It seems like there's there's good characters there. I guess they just never really developed them. I guess it's because in the comic books, I think they really just developed Wolverine. They and developed Gambit a little bit. There's some bit. Gambit solo comic books that people yeah. like a lot. And Rogue to a certain extent because she yeah. has the cooler backstory. That's but true. I think I think Wolverine one looks the coolest and has the coolest backstory because like he's a government experiment, you right. know. I know in but, some stories. But who's like got the huge collection of the Cyclops standalone <laughs> comic series? It seems like a not Scott thing, but I'd have to double check that. <laughs> no, but it's like I think if you if you like Leonardo the Ninja Turtle, if you like Captain America, you're probably buying the Cyclops. Yeah, comic. probably. Yeah. It's the same guy. Yeah, but if you're, if you're a tiny hairy leprechaun like I am, <laughs> you're going with the the grumpy hairy Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of works. You, I like that they said Bub. I mean, who says Bub? No, yeah, he's, you got a problem, Bub. He's the coolest. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, video games take way longer than movies to make, so both Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic are slated for end of next year, possibly beginning of 2023. Yeah, well, just make sure you're done with it, Cyberpunk 20. (laughs) But that gives you time to borrow my PlayStation and play Spider-Man. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Also, because you have Xbox Game Pass, you can play those games on a computer. Like, the Game Pass does go cross-platform if your kids are ever hogging your Xbox. Yes. Just saying. Yes. I think you can... There's some games you can even play on your phone. Yep. Also works yeah. as well. Crazy. Like your Destroy All Humans, probably. Crazy. 
Ah, but talking about video games makes me want to go play them. So let's wrap this up so I can go play some video games. All right. So that is our nerd alerts. We're closing the nerd news feed. <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Again, we're going to say, hey, we look at our numbers and they're really good. So we know you're out there listening, but you guys don't talk to us. You need to talk to us. Yes. You need to like go to our Instagram and follow us and like our stuff on there. You need to go to the Facebook and like it. You yep. need to share the stuff. Absolutely. You can even go to Twitter if you want to. Whatever. You got to yell at Kevin but, that Twizzlers are not the best yes. movie theater candy. Yeah. And go on whatever you listen it on. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple's, whatever it's called now, they change the name all the time. <laughs> Just give it all the stars or thumbs or whatever you can give it. Yep. We'd really appreciate it. And talk to us. We're on at Assuming Pod on all the socials. And if you want to send us a letter, you can send us a Gmail at assumingpositions at gmail.com. And every week I say, hey, Mikey, what format would you like your Gmail sent to us in? Nerd alerts. I'm on the news, newspaper theme, newspaper boy. I want a, a, a newspaper boy that's wearing one of my hats yes. to throw your printed out email at me and go, extra, extra, <laughs> read about this hot take. Extra, extra, I think that all movies should come to your house. <laughs> Extra, extra, Christopher Nolan's overrated and asking for too much money. (laughs) See, whatever. All opinions welcome. As long as it starts with extra, extra this week. And some sort of a newsy boy uh, 1920s outfit. Yeah. You can even dance, too, if you want. (laughs) Newsies, it's underrated. Or is it underrated? It's great. I love newsies. I haven't seen that in a minute. It's a musical, though, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> It'd be worth checking out. That'd, that'd probably be a good reboot, actually. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for our music. Everybody, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Nerd alerts, nerd alerts, nerd alerts, nerd alerts. Nerd alerts.